You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Abdacha, Austin, Shotakizabi! It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0! Blue fast shot! Oh my word! It's unbelievable. He ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. And if you didn't quite hear Matt Letizia there, he said very, very embarrassing to watch. And uh, many times on the show, I've referred back to Ralph Hasenhutl's words in the intro uh, saying either we win or we learn. And today we learned. Um, but I think Matt Letizia's words are slightly more prominent, slightly more prevalent given Friday's performance. And I'm recording this on Monday. I've had a couple of days to think about it all. and I'm not sure it's made it any better. Uh, there's been a lot of fans have written a lot of things. There's been some argument on social media over, uh, you know, should fans have left? Should fans not have left? Should fans be refunded? Should people not be refunded? Uh, was it right for the players to give up their salary for the day to uh, the Saints Foundation? Should it have been more? Uh, whatever. And, and the, 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 the point is here that it's never going to be better. Like nothing that the Saints can do with their money. Um no matter how many beers Ralph buys the fans, no matter how real Hoiberg's uh, emotions are in the post-match press conference, none of that is going to work. And, and one thing that they did say is that they weren't going to say anything else. There were no, there was no gallery for this weekend's match. Uh, haven't seen anything from training so far this week. And it's time for the players to either put up or shut up. And that is the truth. Um, and, and by the way, uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. Uh, this is the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. It's available right here uh, on SouthamptonDelivery.com or wherever you are listening. Uh, hopefully you didn't hear my phone that just went off in the background. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is Matt Marks and I am the host. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope you enjoy it and uh, excuse the rant there at the beginning a little bit, but it is frustrating. This is a frustrating week, but I promise the show will not be as ranty. And somehow after uh, several attempts at recording where uh, we couldn't quite get it done the first time we had to, we had to regroup and uh, come at it a different in a different manner on another day in the second half, if you want to say that. Uh, but Chris Rand and I got it done. And Chris, uh, if you don't know him, he's on Twitter at CR Stig. He used to run uh, George Weah's cousin, uh, a great blog and website, uh, all dedicated to Saints. But life has changed. He has changed. Well, life has changed. I wouldn't say he has changed. Uh, he's still the same great guy that I've uh, been lucky enough to talk to several times on the show. But uh, you can now find his writing at saintsworld.co.uk. There is a link, of course, in the show notes. But uh, Chris was scheduled to come on this show uh, for some time. And and we were looking ahead at fixtures and we kind of said, ah, you know, Lester could be tough. Um, but, you know, he didn't want City. And so guess what? He got Lester and we got beat 9-0. So anyway, let's jump into the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you're enjoying it. Um, and, you know, if you are, great. If you're not, um, you know, hopefully it's better than 
than the performance. And, and hopefully maybe it's somewhat therapeutic. We do get uh, into the weeds a little bit, but I think, I think you'll enjoy the show. And uh, you know, the time flew by for us while we were recording. Hopefully it flies by while you were listening. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll talk to you at the end of the show. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Chris Rand. You can find him on Twitter at CRStig, and you can get his writing sometimes at saintsworld.co.uk. Uh, that's not his own blog, but it's where he writes now. Chris, uh, this is the second time we've attempted to do this. Hopefully it's better than the second half of Saints Lester. Uh, we've had a team talk. We've come back. Uh, hopefully we do uh, a, a little bit better, but welcome back to the show, and thanks for doing this. No problem. Uh, we capitulated a little bit yesterday, uh, but hopefully, unlike Saints, we we won't get even worse. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder how many halftime, uh, you know, formation and personnel changes they attempted before they just said, you know what, this isn't going to go. Just just give up and just go lay down. And uh, hopefully, because we tried four or five different things yesterday, just couldn't make it work. So hopefully, we're hopefully we're a little better. But uh, yeah, man, it's nice to talk to you. It's been it's been a little while. Yeah, good to talk to you, mate. Um, obviously, this is probably the worst circumstances we could do it in but someone's got to do it yeah yeah and uh well i'm i'm happy to be talking to you in this situation because some people i mean this is nothing against anybody else but sometimes you know you get certain people on and they're just so i mean this is a deflating result and this is one of those things where like if if you had the wrong guest on like people would just go this is this is sad like everybody just i I don't want people to cry while they're listening uh because i think we cried enough when we watched the game um, but knowing that we have Man City next week twice, I mean, that, that could be super, super great. Um, so, so we'll have to see, but, uh, yeah, not, not, not the nicest of, of matches to talk about. Um, I guess for people who don't know, uh, you at all, which is hard to believe if there's anybody out there that that's like that, but, um, I mean, you, you don't live in the UK anymore. You live, uh, outside the country. So you, you guys had to watch the game quite late on Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm based in Dubai, um, and we've got a, a group here called Dubai Saints, which is a just a little group of expats who live here, all Saints fans, uh, various ages and uh, types of people. But we all get together for the games. Usually, that's on a Saturday afternoon, but obviously this time it was a Friday. So the bar we go to watch the games in on on a Saturday afternoon usually isn't particularly busy, but on a Friday night, that's sort of the the big night out in Dubai. So. Kickoff wasn't till 11. So by the time we arrived, we were surrounded by well-oiled young people uh, enjoying themselves but behaving questionably. So uh, it was probably the most surreal way to watch your team get absolutely ripped to pieces, surrounded by people having a really good time. Uh, We must have looked like sort of depression anonymous (laughs) at a table in the in the middle just sort of staring open mouthed at the tv screen while all these guys in hawaiian shirts were dancing and pouring beer over each other yeah the the francis manali sand not uh the friend manali sand not necessarily the happiest place to be uh, at that time um and you, you speak of of young people uh well oiled and uh enjoying themselves but behaving unquestionably uh that i think that sums up the two teams pretty well um, you know, one side very well oiled, seems everything's working one side behaving questionably, uh, that, that would be us. And it just, I mean, I was, I was watching the first half uh, at school on my, on my prep period, I headphones on in the corner of the library. Um, and the students, I, I, it was obvious that I was getting frustrated because I think the the pen clicks were going quite frequently. I had students looking at me like, can you stop? Cause you're obviously, you know, you're annoying us. We're trying to study. I'm like, you're not trying to study. Like you're, you're on Snapchat. So shut up. Um, but 
it just got worse and worse. And then the bell rang to go to lunch. And I just said, you know what? Like, I got to go back to my room, got back to my room. Uh, and that was uh, surprisingly, um, I got back to my room about 40 minutes in. So I didn't miss any goals, which was the only gap in the game that I could have done that. Um, so from the 25th minute to the 40th minute is what it took me to get back to my room. And, and, uh, I didn't miss anything. And then as soon as I turned it on and put it on the, the kids are looking up at the screen, they're like, well, it's only three, nothing, man. And I was like, oh, we're down to 10 men. And then, and then as, as goals four and five went in, they all just kind of said, well, you can switch teams, like just switch teams. Like we won't tell anybody. And it's like, I can't do that. Like there's a, I, I've chosen, uh, my, my path here. We're, we are, we are on this path for, for better or worse. Um, and then, uh, and then I told you about the other student, which I won't mention, uh, I had during later who just was laughing at me as, as, as goals, you know, seven, eight, nine were pouring in and he's just berating me in front of everybody. So that's, that's how my day went. Uh, so I hope that, uh, as, as the night went on, that nobody was too rude to you guys in the, in the stand there. No, we were pretty lucky actually. Uh, usually when we watch a game on a Friday night, there's people make the odd comment, but I think people just actually felt sorry for us. Um, I'm glad I'm not a teacher though, cause I'd have been dishing detentions out all over the place the next day, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was not, I was not super, super nice. Um, my patience was wearing thin by the end of it. Um, I was going to say though, but people are, are out on a Friday. That's the big night because Sunday is a work day in, in Dubai, right? So Friday, Saturday, are those the days off for people? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That, that always, I have a note actually in the, where I list people who are coming on the show. And that's what I have next to your name is, is Sundays are not off for you. So I have to make sure I, I, I keep that in mind. So uh, I remember. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nightmare when we have a game on a Sunday, because if it's a, if it's an early kickoff, that means we have to try and get out of work before o'clock to be in the bar, which we do we do achieve most times, but it's a bit bit of subterfuge on our part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Friday games we've had, and we haven't had much luck. We should we should not have Friday games. That's I think that's what it comes down to. The last couple of Friday night games we've had at home have not gone our way. Um, yeah, so if we could stop. That'd at, be great. At the risk of at the risk of coming across as a as a grum, grumbling old man, all Premier League games should be kick off at Saturday at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I. I'd be okay with that. The 7 a.m. is not bad for me because that's what, that's what time 3 p.m. is. So I can, I can deal with that. Um, it's, not, it's, it's not acceptable to have a beer though, really. Uh, no. I think the last, <laughs> time, the last time I, even on vacation, I can't do it because it's like, well, what if we're going to do something? I don't want to be too intoxicated. But I think the last time I drank during a game in the morning was against Chelsea in the semifinal, the FA Cup semifinal. I think once they got up 3 nothing, I just, I opened it up. It was fine. Um, yeah, the only pl- the only place is acceptable to drink at seven a.m. is airports. That's true. That's true. Uh, but before any flight, I think it's acceptable to drink. And, and in the United States, as long as it's before in California, as long as it's uh, after six a.m., you can drink. So uh, bar- bars will open and are happy to serve you their inflated prices. I think we'd have, we'd have been be- we'd have been better off started starting drinking at six a.m. on Friday. I think. <laughs> yeah, at least at least or at least you didn't make some deal where you had to go uh, a beer or a drink for every goal Leicester score or anybody scores, you know, cause usually you don't think ah, four beers a game. That's not too bad. Or three beers a game. That's not too bad, but nine beers uh, in 90 <laughs> minutes that, that would not have been great. I don't care what you're drinking. True. Anyway. Um, well, I know uh, you ha- you've had an addition to the family. I think since last time we talked, yep. is that a saint supporting member of the family now, or you have to, yep, to wrestle it away already- from some Eastern European football club? No, I've already ruined her life. She's already got a uh, Southampton baby grow, so she's in it. She's in it now. That's right. it. It's stuck. Oh, it could be. It could be worse, right? It could be the other side of the the Isle of Wight. So we're, I'm happy with True. that. Happy with that. Um, well, let's discuss the game a little bit because I think we have to. I mean, were you at all? I think I think 
there was some worry on my part going into the game that, you know, Lester could take us apart there. They were kind of, their XG wasn't great, um, but they were playing, they were pretty efficient. They were playing pretty well. Um, they've, they've progressed from just long ball over the top to Vardy. Um, you know, they've, they've done well with, in the absence of Mares, although Iosi Perez hadn't scored yet in the premier league. And here he goes with three goals against us. But um, there was a, a little bit of worry. I think of, of guys like Vardy running at, at Vestergaard and things like that. I'm, that. That worries me. But I mean, were you, were you ever really worried about we were going to get battered like this? I mean, no, 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 definitely not as bad as that. I mean, I, I actually stupidly, it turns out was reasonably confident. Actually. I just had a feeling. I thought, I thought we played reasonably well against wolves. Um, yeah. You know, same team at home. I, I thought, for the bare minimum, actually, we'd get we'd come out with would be a point, and if, if, if and worst case, a, a, a close defeat. But you know, just from the opening whistle, the first whistle, it was just relentless. And the, you know, I the point I, I guess I want to make straight away is because it's sort of the first incident that happened is the Bertrand red card mm-hmm. is okay is a problem when you've just gone one nil down, but my major concern is. Even if he'd not been sent off, I'm not sure it would have been that much better. Um, I still feel like we would have we would have been beaten, maybe not as many, but I still think it would have been four or five. They were they were relentless. They were just so much better than us. And from the from the opening second of the game, what we watched in our in our team in our colours was just an utterly gutless performance. There was no desire. There was no commitment. They just looked like they didn't want to be there, and that 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 major alarm bells. We lost we lost nine nil. We'll get over that in time. You know, it's it's horrible. It's it's not a great place to be, but next week that's gone. But the the bigger concern is what what the the knock on effect is and what the issue is going on behind the scenes because I don't care who you are or what level you play at. If you go down to ten men and you're one nil down you can still muster a performance to not get beat 9-0. All right, you might get beat 3-0, you might get beat 4-0, but 9-0, man, that's just like beyond unacceptable. You know, I, I'd, be, I'd be all four, all 11 of the players that started not playing for another three or four weeks now, just as a punishment, because that's just not acceptable. I don't, know how they, I, I, I don't know how they walked off that pitch and could even look themselves in the mirror. Honestly, I, I, it was that like gutting a performance it was just i mean it wasn't a performance it was a it was an abject display you know they they the all they managed to do was turn up barely <laughs> yeah they I were mean, out there in in, uh, in shadows get, of I, themselves I, in a lot of parts i pride myself in not taking things too seriously so i don't want to get too that was that's my rant i guess out the way yeah yeah <laughs> like and now i'd like to get back to like laughing about it i guess because it's done now there's nothing we can't change it it's done. We're going to, we'll be the, the mocking boys of the Premier League for a few weeks and then something else will happen and it'll be forgotten about. Yeah, for a but, year, right? And then... Yeah, for a year and then all the reminder videos will, will be tweeted. Leicester are going to tweet it every year, of course, like we do with Sunderland. So, you know, yep. I, tweet, I tweeted, Sunderland tweeted about the 8-0 loss uh, and I, I quoted it and said, you know, they're, they're back for the grace of God go I because obviously we enjoyed our 8-0 thrashing of Sunderland and I'm sure we gave them plenty of mockery and you know now we know what it feels like so a bit, a bit of karma maybe for us yeah yeah and it's it's one of those things where it it doesn't happen very often but it it is and it and it shouldn't happen like this i mean i remember there were a couple of i think there were a couple of own goals at least one own goal in that in that 8-0 um 
Um, and suddenly yeah, were yeah, terrible. Was three, three of them. I think it was three. It was definitely two, if not three. I just remember because I they had the, I think it was a center half who just managed to hook, like curl that ball to the top corner yeah, of his own right. net. Like that was Great fantastic. Um, but you, what you said, what you said then, Matt, actually is spot on. It it shouldn't happen, right? And that's 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 what has to be focused on. It's it's done now. You can't you can't go back. It's it it's it's done and dusted. But that's the that's the key point. It shouldn't happen. A Premier League team. No matter who they're playing, no matter what form either team's in, shouldn't be getting beaten by nine goals. That is just ridiculous. And you know, we can go, we can look at individual errors. You know, we can analyse each goal. But the fact of the matter is, no one in a Saint shirt comes out of that looking anything but awful. Right. Right. You know, if we if we really wanted to be generous, you might you might say, okay, Ings and Redmond didn't do a lot wrong because they were just out of the game effectively. Right. But I mean, it's just a, such a, a, such a failure of, you know, I've seen a lot of people, obviously the fallout, you get a lot of people tweeting. Some people will tweet in criticism of the manager. Some people are cri- criticizing the players to lose nine nil. That's a collective failure. That's not, that's not a failure. You can pinpoint on one particular thing. That is a collective failure. That's a, that's a failure in man management. That's a failure in tactics. That's a failure in personnel. That's a failure in, individuals attitudes you know it's like a a coming together of many mistakes yeah that creates that you know you could you could go out there and have a bad day and get beat three or four nil and no one bats an eyelid but nine is just like beyond a joke to be honest yeah i can't i i don't know what ralph hasanoo does to turn that round and like like you pointed out earlier two games with man city both away from home next isn't the ideal start <laughs> starting place no. But you know, maybe, maybe we're maybe we're the fools. Maybe this is some genius plan by Ralph Hasenhutl and his players to say, look, we've got to play Man City twice in a week away from home. Let's give them the ultimate psychological downer, and let's let Leicester run riot and beat us and write that game off. So they so we can go to Man City and they'll be full of confidence, thinking they're going to walk all over us, right. and then we'll hit them. Bang. That's it. But, you know, that's obviously not the case. Um, But, you know, that's the only thing I can think of. You know, was there some sort of intentional ploy, (laughs) some sort of of weirdly, weirdly genius tactical move to write off the Leicester game? But, I mean, what else could it, what else can it be? I don't don't know where to start with the analysis. That's the problem. There's so many problems. Yeah, Um, I don't, I don't know if we can. I mean, like, like you said, it's, 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 go ahead. I think one of the major issues is, and I think it's been on the on the cards for a while, is I my personal feeling is, and I don't have any inside knowledge or anything. This is just an opinion. I don't think these players are playing for Hasenhutl. That's my hunch. I think there's something's gone on behind the scenes. We know that there was issues with Austin uh, before Austin left. We know he was upset about the way he was treated by Hasenhutl. We know there's been issues with Bertrand, where Bertrand was frozen out for a little while. And I wonder if those two guys are, are senior pros at the club. They've probably got a lot of friends in that dressing room. I wonder if those those two incidents have caused a, a rift between team and manager. And that team simply wasn't playing for him on, on Friday night. They just they just weren't making the required effort because they don't really care if he gets the sack or not. But see, I mean, if that's the case, they this isn't the first time they've done that to a manager. You know, so no, I guess the not. history is there a little bit. You think about how things went with Claude, yeah. uh, think about how things yeah. went with Hughes and, and it all starts fine. And, but then, I mean, even, even 
Pellegrino had the same or similar issues, even though that was with Van Dyke and then a couple of other guys. But if this is a a pattern here, then then that says there's something wrong with the club in general, not because the players are obviously picking up that this is okay and this is acceptable and 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 it's far from it. The problem is the players do have the power. You know, this isn't it's not just our club. This happens that the players do have the power because you can't as a chairman, you can't say, well, I'll just get rid of all the players because it just doesn't work like that. But what you can do as a quick fix is you can get rid of the manager. And that's what, and what we've done for four years is a series of quick fixes. Yeah. And then eventually the players get fed up and say, okay, we don't like this guy either. So again, the performances drop off. We start, we, we find ourselves in a relegation battle and again, we look for a quick fix. Yeah. And you know, before long, we're going to run out of quick fixes or worse, one of those quick fixes isn't going to work. Well, I mean, I mean it's, it's not going to fix it. You know, we'll end up getting relegated. Yeah. You can't put band-aids over cancer. You know, you can keep putting yeah, exactly. them on. This is not going to do any good. Exactly. And is, is this a, is this a cultural issue with the whole club? You know, what, what is the, what is the remit of Southampton football club? What is the, what is the big plan? Because we hear a lot of noise. The club is very good at selling. It's sort of punchy. We march on nonsense. But what is the what's the actual remit of the club? What is the ambition of the owners? Is there any ambition? Do they care at all about how the how the team performs on the pitch? My impression of that is the jury is very much still out. Yeah. And you know, football clubs are strange places. It only takes one small problem behind the scenes, and the whole place comes down like house of cards. Yeah. Ralph's assistant left, which I know some people have maybe suggested the players were more familiar more friendly with him than they were with Ralph which could could be an issue if they got on with him but they didn't get on with Ralph and now he's not there sort of the buffer between Ralph and players is gone yeah so now they now you've got a situation where a guy who isn't really getting on with the players has to deal with them directly rather than through his right hand man who they get on with so you don't know it's it's all speculation but to lose 9-0 and and to lose in the manner we did suggests something is seriously wrong not just that's not just a bad day at the office that's a you know, a bad day at the, I don't know, can't even think of a good... No, uh, I'm not sure there is comparison. one. Um, no, just like, it's, it's not a bad day at the office, that's going to the office and burning it down. Yeah. Like, it's the, you know, what, what more is there to say? It's, it's really difficult. It's, you know, I mean, even if you watch the opening couple of minutes before, you know, before the Bertrand Red Car, before the goal, like, it, the, the team is, is late to everything and yeah. they are slow and they are you know, unable to put passes together. And, and then as the game goes on, it just gets, the body language is awful. The nobody's, there's nobody yeah. there picking each other up or, 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 or trying uh, Redmond running around a little bit, but you can see how frustrated he is by the 20th minute, you know, yeah. uh, by the 25th minute, he is furious. Uh, and then when, once you throw him up top by himself uh, in the second half, he's just, he's beyond frustrated and, and it's totally acceptable and uh, on, on his part to be that way. But as a, as a team, like, this is, I think this is the criticism that we had of the team for a long time is there, there is no leadership. I mean, you can give Hoiberg the arm, man, and he's done a great job, but there, there is nobody in that team who is going to stand up and take responsibility for this. And like, I, I want to see, I don't want to see players fighting with each other, but I want to see somebody going up to somebody else after, after they don't follow a runner into the box or after they don't track their man or after they don't make a tackler close somebody down and just get in their face and say like, this is not okay. You know, and, and I think if the fans see that, then there is at least a little bit of like that guy cares. But the fans, and especially the fans that are there on a horrible, horrible Friday night, that's 
you know, that that game was put on TV, not for the fans of Southampton, but for fans everywhere else. Um, and for the people to have to get down to St. Mary's on a Friday night to sit through that weather um, and watch the team do that. And, and for a lot of them to stay the entire time and sing the entire time, like they deserve way better than what the team put out there this week. And the, the sad thing is, and I think, I think, you know, it's almost been coming for a while. There's, there, there's these, and I'm totally guilty of this too, is, is people pop up and say like, there is no leadership. There is, you know, the, the players aren't good enough. And I, I kind of want to defend the, the players and the team and the club all the time. I want to believe that there's something better there, but like, then you go give this sort of performance and even guys that are trying to be as positive as I am, like, what am I supposed to say? Like, I can't defend you at all. Yeah. I mean, I think when we're, while we're focusing on the players themselves, can I just do, do something quickly? Yeah. Can I just, can I just run through the 11 players that started the, started the game? Absolutely. And I just wanted to give you my take on each player, because I think there's, there's an underlying quality issue in the squad as well, which obviously contributes to a poor performance. So we've got Angus Gunning goal. Now, I don't know what, what the consensus generally on Angus Gunn is, but we've paid, a, we've paid a lot of money for a young goalkeeper who clearly there is potential in, or otherwise, you know, he wouldn't have been at Man City. He wouldn't have gone for that sort of money. But for me, the jury is very much still out on whether he is, should be our starting goalkeeper. Um, like it's been said a million times, but Alex, Alex McCarthy got dropped without really doing anything wrong. Um, and perhaps, you know, McCarthy should be getting more of a look in at the moment. Perhaps what we need in goal right now is someone with a bit more experience. Um, then we've got right back, we've got Valerie. Now, Valerie's a kid, so always give young players a little bit of leeway. Uh, last season under Hassan oh, he looked brilliant, but has he been as good this season? For me, not. For me, not. He's looked a lot weaker this season than he did last. Then in, in the, in the centre of defence, you've got Bednarek, who, another, another young player who was outstanding last season. For me, I thought he was brilliant. But this season, this, the mistakes have started to creep in. There's a lot of his stats are particularly poor. <clears throat> then he's paired with Vestergaard. I mean, I'm not sure I even want to start talking about Vestergaard because I just, <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I, I think he's, he's got to be up there with the worst ever centre-half to, to manage to play Premier League football. He's in, in the speed of the game now, for him to be playing in the Premier League, the speed that the game plays at now and to be as slowy, slow as he is, just baffles me that we, we start him. It absolutely baffles me. And he's not good in the air. I, I, I can't find positives about the guy. I really can't. Yeah. He's so tall, you'd think that, that his exact remit would be to mop everything up in the air, but he's not that good in the air. And he's so... I can't... Every time we play a team that have got fast players and they break, I just can't watch. I cannot watch him lumber about and get nowhere near it. I, think he's, I just think he's nowhere near good enough. Then alongside them, you've got Maya Shida. I'm, I begrudge criticizing Maya Shida, but not because he doesn't deserve it, because everyone that played in that game was poor, but Maya Shida has been a very good servant for the club. Um, but in the harsh light of day, if we, want, if we want to have any sort of success in the Premier League, should Maya Shida be one of our starting centre-offs? And the honest answer to that is no, yeah. he, sh- he shouldn't be. So that so there's there's that that's that's four of our back five or back three however you want to look at it that's four of our back five that perhaps aren't good enough at the moment and then you've got Bertrand on the left who I still think Bertrand has got a lot to offer but we know that there's been issues between him and Hassan Hootel we know that's not even been hidden so perhaps it, it's not Ryan Bertrand 
on full Ryan Bertrand. Perhaps we're only getting half Ryan Bertrand because he can't be bothered. He's not interested in playing for this manager. So I would argue that we've, we've started with five defensive players that you could make an argument that none of them should be there. Jeez. So that's, uh, you know, a poor start. And, we've not, and I've not finished yet. Now we move into, <laughs> now we move into, now we move into midfield. I'm, I know I'll get stick for this because I always get stick for it. But I'm not a fan of Romeo. I, I, I feel that within the Saints fan base, Romeo has, he does every so often, don't get me wrong, have a very, very good game. Mm. But for me, that papers over the cracks of all the poor slash average games he has. But for some reason... He, he always seems to be exempt from criticism with fans. I don't really get why that is. I don't get why one good game in five is, a, is acceptable. But for me, he's not good enough for the Premier League. He's, I think he's reasonably good off the ball. I don't think he's anywhere near good enough on the ball. And we're playing him alongside Hoiberg, who's another one who was great last season, but isn't doing it this season. So I think one of our biggest issues, and not just in this Leicester debacle, but all season has been this central midfield. And I think one of them has got to go. I, I think we need someone else that we need someone in that central midfield that is good on and off the ball. And I don't think we've got that. So, and then we come to Ward Prowse who again, I stick up for him a lot, but I can see why people are getting on his back now. You know, what, what's his, what's his, what's he bring into the table? What, if, if you sit Ralph Hassan down now and say, tell us in 10 words, why James Ward-Prowse starts every game. Would he be able to do that? Because we don't have anyone With else. Any, see? I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. So that's nine of our starting 11 that I think you personally you can make an argument for aren't really good enough to be in the team. Redmond and Ings, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave alone because I think Nathan Redmond is now so far and away our best player. It's scary considering how much sticky he used to get from our fans. And Ings is, Ings is a good striker. I... I, I backings to get goals he just needs to be in a better team than he's playing for at the moment yeah so so when you analyze it like that i don't know if you agree with me or you don't agree with me on on any of those points but from my point of view nine nine out of eleven of the players are questionable whether they should be there yeah so you're starting a game against uh, an on-form leicester team with i mean for want of a better word a big pile of crap yeah right. yeah and, and with with a couple of cherries on the top sure right. sure and it's still I, I, lipstick yeah, on a pig anywhere you want to put it like it's it's not good enough i think i think the point i'm trying to make is you don't i don't i wouldn't expect that team to get beaten nine nil i wouldn't even expect them to get beaten four or five nil but from on an individual basis i can see why we're not good enough as a team there's there's a there's a lack of quality there and then you look at the bench and you think okay there's lack of quality there as well like what what are we going to bring on to change? Who are we, who are we bringing on from that bench of McCarthy, Stevens, Danso, Armstrong, Buffal, Long, and Adams? Who we who who from those are we bringing on to to really change a game? The the one you might say is is Buffal, I guess, because because he's a flair player. But obviously, when you're already five 0 down, you're not going to bring Buffal on. No. So it's like even the options. I mean, I think Ralph was actually trolling us when he brought Jack Stevens on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think his, his, his brain snapped on the bench and he thought, well, we, we may as well try and break the record for how many we can see now <laughs> by bringing Stevens on. I mean, what, if, if Stevens is the answer, I mean, I had no idea what the question was in his head. <laughs> like this, it, it, like that he, we were laughing in the pub when he brought Stevens on. We were like, this can't be real. He's taking a bung or something. Maybe he's, maybe he's map fixing. 
Yeah, maybe maybe he took the like over. Jack Stevens. I, I got nothing against Jack Stevens personally, but he shouldn't be anywhere near our bench, let alone coming on in the game. I, I just, I'm bizarre. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say to you, Matt. I guess I think we've just we're in a situation now where we've got a very poor team in reality, and perhaps a very poor team that isn't bothered about performing for the manager, which is a pretty uh, ropey situation to get yourself in. Yeah, yeah, and and I guess like the next question is is what do we do going forward? Like what, I mean, can you, can you realistically, I mean, how many, I see this, how many of these players that started this game will be in the lineup on Tuesday? Well, uh, presumably a lot of them because what, where else do you go to? Right. Who right. do you go to? We're going to, I know I've seen this, I've seen a couple of people say, oh, you know, drop all these, let's put the kids out. At least the kids will try. But you really want to put, you really want to give the, the kids a demoralizing <laughs> battering at man city yeah is that is that the is that the welcome to to first team football you want as 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 much as i'm as much as it makes me a glutton for punishment part of me thinks play the exact same 11 on tuesday night at at, at and tell them this you you're now playing for your your personal pride Uh to show that you're not a waste of space that you you're not going to get spanked every week make make them go and take their medicine and if they get spanked again because it's man city then so be it like I don't know, I don't know what else can be done. We haven't got a good enough squad to say to make wholesale changes. Well, I mean, like centre half, example. Who are we going to bring in? Stevens against Aguero? Jesus. I don't know. It's, it doesn't doesn't bear thinking about really. Mm. Um, I, I think I think our one hope for Tuesday is that Man City won't play a particularly strong team anyway, because it's you know the League Cup and they they're not bothered. Right. So it, it, it may be we get an we get an easy ride from them because they're not bothered anyway. But I'm sure they'll pick a team that's more than capable of beating ours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, just thinking about they rested some guys yesterday, and you imagine they'd play midweek. Um, so we'll see. And then you'd also imagine they'd play Saturday too. Which yeah, I don't I don't even know what you what do you do like may, maybe this is where you go to Man City on Tuesday and you don't come home the rest of the week. You just you know you you find yeah. somewhere to train and you disappear and you you know, just get into the guys a little bit and, and ho- hopefully they kind of have to come together and, and, and change something because I mean, it, it's hard to change not being good enough uh, in the course of that. I mean, they're not going to get uh, 10 times better in the course of a week, but they, there's something, you know, if, if individually you're not good enough, you have to work together as a team. You have to be kind of there for everybody. And, and one little crack in the team, people will find it. People will exploit it. It didn't take long, you know, um, they were, and this isn't the first time we've seen teams go down the left-hand side, especially if Bertrand pushes forward at all and try to get in behind Vestergaard because that's that's the weak spot. That's the that's yeah. the place where you can do that. And and I'm not I'm not going to go into tactical stuff because it's just not. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it at this point. Like I, it was so bad that the tactics are out the window. But it's the the team is weak. The team needs changes. But I guess part of my reluctance to to go that route with a lot of things is well, like how do you do that? Like we're we're years in to to getting the, putting this this out there. This is not Ralph. This is not. This is the club making mistakes over several several transfer windows and several seasons and several backroom changes and everything else. And and now it's going to take several seasons to to kind of get out of this, especially with the lack of um, investment from from the owner. Because if the owner comes in and says, "Look, sell all these players. I don't care if we take a loss. I don't care if this is a horrible year for uh, us financially." we have to, we have to make a change. 
that that's not what's going to happen. You know, these guys are going to be around, I, I would imagine, unless they demand to leave. And and if that happens, who's going to leave? Bertrand? Like, we, we kind of already said. We kind of already said he's, he's one of the better ones. Uh, you know, and, and if I'm Redmond looking at my career, like, tick down and go, like, am I going to run around up here down to 10 men by myself trying to score six or seven goals a season because I can't get any service? Like, probably not. I'm probably going to go somewhere where they're going to, they're going to put me in a team where I can run uh, and have some attacking options alongside me and, and really enjoy my career because I've gotten myself in a really good shape and I've got, I've put up with a lot of crap from this team and from the fans and everything else. And, and now I'm going to go do it somewhere else. So like if we start talking about selling players, like somebody has to want to buy them and we've, we've run into that. I mean, look how many players we have on loan at all, it all kind of, to me yeah. just it, I mean, maybe, maybe they should have just burnt it down. Maybe they should just burn the office down and start over, you know? Yeah. I think it, it's almost the only thing you can do. I mean, I, d- I don't think we're in a situation where the owners are going to say, okay, Ralph, spend a load of money in January. No, so I just don't think that's their, that's their outlook. That's their remit. You know, we know there's been a talk of a 15 million limit on, on player spends, which I'm sorry, but in today's Premier League, that's nothing. That's yeah. what do you get for 15 million? You either, you either uncover a gem like a, a, a Mane or a Van Dyke, or you uncover a load of dross like Hook or El Yanusi or, you know, when you're paying 15 million, it's a gamble every single time. Yeah. And we went through a, we went through a very long period where every, every single one of those gambles paid off. Yep. Unfortunately, we've come full circle now and every single one of the gambles seems to not pay off right. and seems to become another expensive flop just, just out on loan, getting paid a fortune, still by us, no doubt, because the clubs they go on loan to oh, can't afford these wages. Right. So we're paying them. It's a it's a nonsense situation, but you're, you're spot on. It's not it's not Ralph's doing. He can't he can't he can't be laid to blame there. You know this is this is a build up, a collection of dross. You know Les Reed's gone. Everyone for a long time everyone said Les Reed was a problem. Les Reed's gone. Now people said Ross Wilson's the problem. Ross Wilson's gone. So the next step the club needs to be doing pretty fast is bringing in a new director of football. That's that's the next step, mm-hmm. and the guy they should be going to get is um, the guy who was at Saints before Paul Mitchell uh-huh. and, has also, and has also worked with Ralph uh, um, in Germany. They've worked together. He, he, he was the head scout or whatever he was at Saints when we were signing gem after gem after gem. He's then worked, subsequently he's worked with Ralph and apparently they have a good relationship. Go and throw money at that guy and say, we want you as our next director of football. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the logical move. He's English, so he might be happy to come back to England rather than be in Germany or wherever he is now. Yeah. Like, it's the logical move for me. He knows the club. He's done a good job at the club before and he has a relationship with Ralph. Bring him in, give him some money to spend or at least try and offload some of the dross to bring him some money to spend and let them rebuild together. I don't think sacking Ralph is the right option at the moment, but after losing, we've just lost 9-0 and if he hasn't got (laughs) control of the dressing room, I mean, there might not be any other option. If right. it doesn't get any better, right? If it doesn't get any better between now and Christmas, they won't have any option but to sack him because you they'll get to that that cut off point. I'm sure every Premier League owner has got a threshold where if we hit that threshold, we're heading for relegation, and that's that hits my pocket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I've got to move now. I've got to sack him now, whether it's the right move or not. And at the moment, you don't know how demoralised this team is going to be. Out when, where's the next three points coming from? Oh, so, God. you know, by Christmas, we could be dead and buried. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be too down on it because obviously we also might not. There's, there is also the, the, the chance 
I think it's slim, but there is a chance that this was just a, a freak. And, you know, we won't have another a performance like that. But who knows? At the moment, it's, at the moment, it's not looking good. And the, it's, a, it's a long-term change that needs to be made, not a, not a short-term. Right. They need to either say, we back Ralph completely. So we're going to bring in a director of football that's going to work with him. And we're going to back him in January to bring in some more of his own players and get rid of who he wants. Or they say, that's it. Get rid of Ralph tomorrow and start again. But either way, the new guy's going to come in with the same squad. Right. So what's, you know, is, is any manager going to come in and get a tune out of this squad? Or is it always going to be a repeated cycle of they play well when you first come and keep us up, but then it's back to, back to rubbish. Yeah. I don't know. And, and I think the, the dangerous part of, of, of this is, is people, I think, I think most fans realize that, that Ralph is probably I mean, I don't want to over, uh, he's, he's got to be the best manager we've had. Actually, this is not overstating it. He's the best manager we've had since Kuman, without a doubt. Um, uh, I feel confident saying that he's the best manager we've had and he's probably, and this is where I may get in trouble. He's probably too good of a manager to have at our club. Like we, and, and I don't, and you can criticize me for saying that if you want, but I think that to have him at the club is he is he's there. But if you look around at the players that he's had, like you said, like this is, this is not the squad that he needs. He had players um, at, at previous clubs who he was able to work with. And, and, and this is, I was kind of looking up some stuff on Mario Lamina um, earlier. And, you know, if you put him in our midfield, you know, you put him next to Hoiberg, you put him even next to Romeo. That's a guy who can, who is a true box to box midfielder who can make things tick. And I hate the guy. Um, I think he's an absolute, just, just moron in terms of, of how he acts, but, uh, that's a player that we, we, we could, you know, potentially do something with. And there was rumor earlier that he may come back from Turkey because of the, the, uh, uh, you can't have too many foreign players on the squad, I guess. But I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find some sort of something to grasp onto that says like, Hey, we have some hope here, you know, but, um, cause I, I don't think we have, I Ralph's think, not going to stay around. For... I think that's his. Uh... Yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, no, I think, you're fine. I think Hasmat was a disciplinarian. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why someone like Lamina doesn't work. Because, you know, we all know Lamina's, he, uh, like, agree with you, he's a great talent, but we also all know that he's a bit of a clown yeah. off the pitch. And I don't think a player like that and Ralph are ever going to be best friends. No. Because uh. Ralph's looking for this committed professional. You know, I think Ralph, maybe he's taken a gamble. He's, he's come into this squad, as you said, that's already in MLA's. He's, he's, a, he's taken over a squad that's always, already struggling. And he's, if he's come in with his disciplinary and hard work ethos, some players aren't going to like that. And, you know, the, the man management is a big thing for me. And I, I think maybe Ralph's mistake might be misjudging how you treat one player compared to another. So, you know, Van, Van, Jan Valerie, for instance, might need an arm around the shoulder when things aren't going his way. Whereas... Hoiberg might need shouting at and and disciplining and insulting. Every you know, every everyone's right. different. And I wonder if he's taking a one a one shot approach to this is my way and some of the players just don't aren't reacting to that. Hence why he's had issues with Bertrand, Austin. I mean, we all know Charlie Austin's a bit of a prat, but <laughs> I do think Ralph hasn't made a big mistake with the way he treated him. Because if if you're a if you're a first team pro and you're a popular guy in the dressing room which i'm sure austin was and you turn up for training and you get told oh you're not you're not training with the first team anymore you're training with the reserves 
I think things like that have a knock-on effect. It's not necessarily the right way to deal with it. But if half our squad that are playing that played on Friday are best friends with Charlie Austin, maybe they hold a bit of a grudge against Ralph for, for treating him that way. You know, we we don't know the dynamics of of players to, of the players themselves. Right. You know, are they do they feel put out by the way other players have been treated? I don't know. It's very it's very odd. The whole Bertrand situation was odd. You know, he was frozen out. We were playing centre halves at left back with Bertrand on the bench. You know, something something's gone on there. There was talk of some sort of falling out with him and Hasanoto. You you can't afford to upset too many senior pros. No, because no. they'll just they'll just close ranks on you. That, that that's not just football. That's any anywhere. You know, they, they'll just close ranks on you, and then before long, you're the one who's out the door because you can you can't sack a whole team. Although Saturday morning, if I was in charge of Southampton, I think I would have tried. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, just looking at things on the, uh, on on the game. Just some of these things are, are comical. Um, so Leicester managed nine goals, right? Um, yeah. Do you think that's? Uh, do you think they had more goals than we had shots? Oh, absolutely. Yes, they did. did. We, how many shots did we have? Two. We had six total, according to six? to who scored. I wow. don't know where they came from. Um, I think actually I can find out because give me give me a second. But yeah, so I was I was interested to see that because um, I, I think I, I think I think my favorite two goals, and I know that's an odd thing to have, but my favorite two, we absolutely gifted them. Um, there was one that Valerie just just passed it to the guy in the box. And then there was another one. I think it was Ward Prowse just just gave it to the guy in, in the area. Uh-huh. So if I had to pick favorite goals from the nine, those those two would be it because they were just they were the they were the most inept. There was, and something I have to bring up now that I keep forgetting as well is just just to add salt in the wound. I had Iosi Perez on my bench on my fantasy football team. <laughs> I couldn't even like, couldn't even get some sort of grace from the situation. I had to, I had to watch this guy rip us apart, and I could have been benefiting, benefiting from it in some way, but I wasn't. So, it's just a horrible week, weekend of football. Well, I can only hope that somebody in your team didn't play, and so he'll get, he'll get cycled in. But no, it's 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 not that fancy football. It's a different, it's a different one where the subs don't get used no matter what. Oh, well, that's so he definitely, definitely won't play. That's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, so three of our shots came from about, uh, what is that, 30 yards. Uh, one of them didn't even make it into the box because it was blocked, uh, which is my favorite. The other ones came, nothing came from closer than the penalty spot. Um, they, Leicester City, on the other hand, has shots. It looks, it looks like a target range. Like There's so many shots that are happening. And they scored in every, uh, you know, who scored, uh, divides the goal into six places, you know, you know, high and low and then, you know, right, left, middle. Uh, they scored in all of them except for straight down the middle, low, um, which seems to be where you would think it, people would score going through Angus Gunn's legs, but uh, it didn't happen. And I mean, just, just what a mess, man. What an absolute disaster uh, of, of performance. But yeah, uh, nine goals. We had six shots, four on target. Uh, no, four, four, four from open play. Um, and then, uh, you know, one on set piece, one on counterattack. And uh, we were terrible. Um, you know, um, when, I, when I actually played football uh, in the Isle of Wight Sunday League many years ago, I played for a team at one point called Yarmouth and Calbourne. And we were one of the, one of the worst teams in, in the division we were in. And we had an away fixture against one of the best teams at the division we were in. 
and only eight of our players turned up. And because the rule, I think, is seven, you have, if you've got more than seven, you have to fulfill the fixture. Mm-hmm. So we played. But we lost 19-0. Um, and the, the, the opposition, I'm, I'm not, this is not a word of a lie, the opposition players were running at our defence in groups of two or three, <laughs> argue, arguing with each other about who was going to score next. <laughs> and it was almost like that with Leicester. It's like, if you were playing in that Leicester team, you wouldn't have wanted to pass, would you? Like, just free, just a free for all, absolute free for all. Yeah, I mean, this Saints team is always now going to be the Yarmouth and Calborn of their time. Like, I mean, we had an excuse when you had eight, eight players. Yeah, and it's Sunday yeah. league. Like, it's not. Yeah. you're not being yeah, paid. We were, you're paying for this. You're not. You're, you're yeah. not being paid for this. Yeah, like I mean, that's just just awful. Just awful. What uh, what position did you play? Uh, I think in that game I was playing left back. <laughs> Well, you know, there, there might be an opening for the next three games if you're interested. I, uh, I, one thing that I remember from that game really vividly was I think we were eight. I think we were eight nil down going into half time, and when either I or the guy playing right back got the ball, it was still the first half. We were playing it into the corners to waste time. Nice, because it was just relentless. And this opposition would be the classic muscly bully guys who, even though they were already destroying us, just wanted to pound us yeah. as much as they could. Yeah. And were getting angry with us because we were trying to waste time. I mean, they you had know, to we would be the We would be the weedy guys with glasses and, you know, getting picked on. That's, that's exactly, exactly what it was like. Yeah. You didn't get but, to uh, any classes because you just kept getting shoved in a locker every time you got out. Yeah, we, we were, you know, bullied by the, this, the bigger boys. Locker, swirly, locker, swirly. <laughs> <laughs> On repeat for 90 minutes, you know? Just yeah, like, I uh, mean, that's, that's, that's how the Saints players should be feeling. They should, have, they, should be, they should have been sat in that dressing room going, we've just gone onto a pitch with players in the same league as us, and they've just bullied us. They've absolutely bullied us. Like, how, like what kind of men are you? Like, how have you allowed that to happen? I can't, I, I can't get my head around the mentality of just allowing that to happen. I've not, you know, I would have felt better if two or three more of our players had got sent off just because they just, just lost it completely and just threw themselves into tackles to try and do something. I'd have respected anyone who'd got sent off in that second half. I'd have, they'd have had more, my full respect for at least trying. Yeah. But there wasn't even that. They couldn't even be bothered to get booked. They're just like, oh, so, oh, he's gone past me again. Oh, I'll sort of aimlessly stick my leg out and hope that something happens. Just rubbish. Every time we got the ball... We just wasted it, did nothing with it. Just dross. Every single man, dross. Like I, like I said, I give Ings and Redmond a little bit of leeway because I think they're head and shoulders above anyone else in the team and they're probably as frustrated as we are having to play with them. Like, just nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I, you know, it, it's, it, would, it would be sad for some of, the, some of those players. It would be sad to see some of them go. But like, apart from Redmond and Ings, if any of them were binned out tomorrow i really couldn't care less yeah i just yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't be bothered at all like it's this this done you know some of them are done I, I i part of me thinks ralph's only approach to this to try and remedy this should be to get the whole squad on the training pitch get them around and just make an example of one player well you, can, you say, can't make him run laps because it'll take too long just say just say Yannick, sorry, mate, you'll never play for me again. Get your bag, get your bag and F off. And just maybe give the other players a wake-up call that you can't, it's not acceptable 
It's not. I, I'm a I'm a Southampton fan, and I have been for many years. I can handle losing. Trust me, I can handle losing. What I cannot handle is not trying. Yeah. You know, if they'd have gone out there and gone down to ten men and thrown themselves into every tackle and busted a gut and lost four nil, there would be no inquest. But they just didn't. They just capitulated like cowards, which is what they were. They just one by one just let them let their heads drop and just let themselves be bullied. And it's just that's just not acceptable. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, well, Chris, if if you were my therapist, um, who uh, you would charge you one hundred and sixty five dollars for the 50 minute session we've just had uh, sitting here talking about this um, and, and the people that are listening to this maybe would do the same. Um, but this is a, this is free. And so uh, hopefully it's still helping people. Um, the only people who don't get this for free are the people who are the patrons of the show and they get priority for having their questions answered. And uh, one of those questions, uh, we won't go through all of them because there are quite a bit and they're all pretty angry. Um, <laughs> angry, at, angry at me. No, not angry at you. Not angry at you. Um, no, they are just angry in general. Um, so I, I think I, I think it would come as some surprise to my A-level psychology teacher if I was getting paid to be a therapist. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> hey, man, nine nothing happened. Uh, I'm sure you two can get paid to be a therapist. Um, but whatever. So, um, Luke Millard, who's one of the patrons of the show, uh, he's on Instagram at Millard505, says um, he asked how much uh, Haas and Hoodles to blame for the result against Leicester. And I think we, we kind of talked about it. I mean, how much of this is going to wind up being his fault do you think i i think if you're the manager of the team like if you're the manager of anything ultimately it's your responsibility if the if the players are demotivated why are they demotivated is that down to you it might be that he has just been lumbered with a bad squad but it's still his responsibility to get something out of them and sending them out there and seeing them lose nine nil at home remember this you know it i think he's got to take a fair chunk of the blame I don't, I don't envy him having to work with that squad, to be honest. And I think he's probably lost control of a lot of them. But ultimately, he does have to take a lot of the responsibility, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's, I think that's right. Because I mean, it, no matter what, it's going to come back to him, right? Like the. Of course. Ultimately, that's on, that's on his record now for for the rest of his career. Um, another one from Instagram replied to the Instagram story. It says it's EJ underscore zero zero four underscore. It says, would you drop gun? Uh, and, I, and I assume McCarthy will come in for the Cub game no matter what. But do you think Gunn needs to be? I mean, Adams didn't score for a couple of games. He didn't, you know, play any part in us conceding nine. Uh, and, and I'm not going to say all of them are Gunn's fault, but but Gunn has struggled in recent weeks. Um, and would you would you say this is time where he he has dropped for a significant run of run of matches? I think it's three or four games too late. Yeah. Okay. I've, uh, the other ones I hear that are about Gunn are are um, I can't read them without having to put a bunch of beeps in. And I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, you see the stat today? Him, uh, and, his father. him and his dad. Him and his yeah. Father. Yeah. Yeah. Him and First his dad. Father and son to conceive more than seven. Every yeah. And then I think, uh, Casper Smeichel and his father were the only ones to be on the winning end of, of, of matches maybe, of, of that, uh, significance. Maybe, goal, maybe goalkeeping isn't there. <laughs> yeah, no, maybe they should play forward for the other team. Um, have a chance. Um, my God. Uh, uh, one one that I'm not sure we can answer here, um, but we can at least give it a, give it a go. Um, is why are Southampton so bad at home? This comes from Finley uh, Duke on Instagram. 
Um, I mean, honestly, it will be, we'll be super, super transparent. We've mentioned it before. Like I live in California, you live in, in Dubai, we watch on TV, but like Saints home form has been awful for several seasons under several managers. And, and what is it about playing at home that that we just can't get it done? I I think, I don't know. I I never like to blame supporters or or the atmosphere created by supporters, but, and there is a but to that. I think we've, the club has been in a malaise now for three, four years, right? Where things have n- not got better. They've just got steadily worse. And I think the, I think that affects the fans and the way the fans react to the team and the way they support the team as well. There's a, there's a very different atmosphere between the, the home supporters and the guys who go to away games. Usually the guys who go to away games are much more vocal, much more supportive because it's a, you know, when you're in someone else's backyard, you feel much more togetherness. It's like a tribal, tribal instinct. You know, we're all Southampton, so you feel more with your team and, and you seem to bat them more, make a lot more noise. I think the atmosphere at St. Mary's has been dreadful for a long time. Um, and I think that part of that is the malaise of the team. And then part of it is, I don't know, there's a lot more... I don't know, really. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to explain. Like I'm like you, I don't... It's not like I go every week, so I don't want to throw criticism where it isn't warranted but there's definitely not the atmosphere that there used to be um from when i have been to games so i think that that has dropped i think but why i mean it's always a weird one why would we why are we so poor at home which it seems like we are perhaps the perhaps the players and the manager just feel that bit much more pressure uh at home to perform and to 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 give something i don't i don't know it's difficult it's a difficult one yeah Um, yeah I'm I'm not sure either. And, and I know that there are divides in the fan base over, you know, whether the support is good enough or not. Um, And, you know, the football has, has changed a little bit in terms of, you know, it's, it's not all either, you know, middle-aged men that are going to games now. It's not, there are a lot of young kids that come through and they're not all 19, 20, you know, uh, out, uh, you know, drinking in the bar before and making a lot of noise. Like there are people who just want to come and watch a game of football. And I think like there's a place for that. That's fine. Um, but, um, what was interesting, Matt, actually, was that there was a lot of praise for the atmosphere on Friday night. Right. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and, and the fact that the, the, the supporters were staying with the team, even seven, eight, nine nil down. So maybe, maybe let's, let's pull a positive out of this terrible low. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we needed that. Maybe we needed to hit rock bottom to get the support to go right these guys need a lift from us now. Yeah. Maybe we needed it. Maybe, maybe this has been a long time coming and this will be the, this will be the, the kick up the ass that we've needed for a long time. That's all we can hope for, I guess. That's the best we can hope for to come out of it, that this kickstarts some sort of change in attitude, change in atmosphere, change in management of the club. But you know, I, I don't know what, I don't know. I can't pinpoint why we're so bad at home. Sure. Um, I don't think we're that much better away, actually. I just think it's maybe even coincidence that we've had some reasonably fortunate away wins this year. Like, we've beaten Brighton and Sheffield United away, and both those teams have had goals disallowed by VAR. So it, perhaps we've just had a little bit more fortune on the road. Yeah, I think it's totally totally uh, a possibility there. Um, I mean, we have a, a lot of questions, but we, we definitely don't have time to address them all um so we'll go with some quick fire uh things here uh so fred lazaro 2011 uh, another one of the patrons of the show 
asks on Twitter, um, if Leicester City are doing this, um, how many will Man City get? Oh, I don't know. If, you if, know I asked I you, think... if I asked you to combine, combine to my number of goals Man City will score over the next two fixtures. Um, um, what, what, Aguero, Aguero, Sterling, Silva against Vestergaard, Yoshida. Um, <laughs> 17. Let's go with 17. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, you dread to think, I guess, but I, it, all my focus is on the, the one thing that's going to get me to actually go and watch these games is that it can't possibly be as bad. No, it can't. Even if, if the score to, is, even if the score is as bad, it can't be as bad, right? Like if we if we go to the Etihad and get beat three nil, four nil, that's still a massive improvement, <laughs> which, yeah. which sounds ridiculous, but but it is. If, I mean, there's there's no way I cannot believe that a professional club with professional players and professional coaches would allow that situation to happen again, even against Man City. I I cannot believe it, and if it does. Then literally sat a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so over the next two legs, um, goal differential. You think it's going to be? Think think Man City will be uh, have at least eight and a half more goals than us. You think it'll be more think, or less? I, I no, I think I think it'll be less. I I think the cup game is uh, a guess because you don't know what team they're going to play. Sure. They Pep likes to mix things up for the cup games because obviously it's he gets a chance to rest his superstars. So it may be that we go there on Tuesday. This is, I'm going to be ultra positive now. Maybe we go there on Tuesday. We mix things up a bit because, you know, a lot of players deserve to be left out. They also mix things up a bit, put a lot, put a few more less experienced players in. And maybe, you know, we, we come away, we might not win, but we might not get destroyed. We sure. might, we might lose 2-1. We might lose, we might get a draw. So that's my, that's the positive aspect of this. The negative is that, then we'll without doubt get humped in the league game. Yeah. I've, no, I've no doubt in my mind that yeah. we'll get we'll get thumped in the league game. Maybe not nine, but probably three or four, because our defence just is so bad. That I don't see how they how they're going to cope with Man City in the Etihad. I just don't I just don't see how they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, the I think it was the Australian uh, Saint supporters um, Facebook page. You see the their their uh, heat map of the of the Leicester City match. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Quite good. Not far off. Yep, nope. This is exactly how it went. I think. Um, <laughs> last question here uh, from Saint Andrew, uh, Saint Andrew, nineteen seventy six on Twitter says, "The obvious question was surely only one answer is: Will we be relegated this season? Uh, we find ourselves in the relegation zone uh, now with the tough run of fixtures going up through December. Um, but what are your thoughts now? Is it too early to say that? Or I mean, you know, obviously, if we play like we did." without the the passion and without the kind of effort and things like that, that we, that we played with on Friday, like it surely that that's, it, it will happen. But do you think by the end of this, that, that we will have done this? If, if we don't get relegated, it won't be for the want of trying. Um, I think we've been reasonably lucky for two seasons in a row where we've, we, there's been three teams worse than us. Um, is there three teams worse than us this season? Yes. There's still a chance there is. Um, so we've got to see. I think it's a little bit early to make any sort of firm, firm suggestion on that. At the start of the season, I was very much confident that Ralph would have a full season and we wouldn't be relegated. We wouldn't even be in the relegation battle. Right. Now I'm, I, I'm fully full circle on that. I think, I think we very much will be in the relegation battle. It's just whether we can, we're less crap than three other teams like we've managed to be for the last two seasons. And who knows? Um, I, 
I still, if if you if you made me put a hundred pounds on it right now, I would still say no. We're not going to be relegated. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I'd be doing it with a lot a lot more tentatively than I would have been a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You start thinking about other things I would rather put money on, and there's a lot of them. Um. Yeah. Right now, so it's it is not that is not great. Um. I mean, all, all the stats are so terrible. I'm just I'm glancing at them on my screen as you're talking, and it's just it's so I, I have to get them off. So I don't know, uh, Chris, this is, this has been fun. And, and when we set this up, I was very much looking forward to talking to you. I was very much not thinking it was going to be like this. Uh, and I'm sorry it has been, but, uh, okay. thanks for Someone's coming on. Do it. Yeah, it's good fun. We, we, we can find fun in everything at the end of the day. Yeah. I, you know, it's football, right? Like this is it. There are, I'm sure of you have experienced recently, you know, uh, with the changes in your life over the past couple of years, like there's a lot of other things that, that go on that, that you can find joy in, but when we go to, when we go to football to, to hopefully, you know, just enjoy ourselves and release a little bit. And then it comes back like this, this is not great, but at the end of the day, we can hopefully move on and, and hopefully some of these players will move on. And by that, I mean, leave. Um, and then we'll be, we'll be all right. Yannick Vestergaard. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to uh, send these messages. I'm going to send these messages subliminally. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be the in the. Uh, you know, I'll just put it in a track underneath every single episode <laughs> from yeah, here to the end of the like, season. Like, do it on the reverse of the vinyl. Yeah, seriously. Like the- Play it backwards. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, man. I mean, what what do they see that we that we aren't? That's that that's, that's the bit that always baffles me when someone that hapless is playing. Like, what is the co- what are the coaching staff seeing on the training ground? And think and thinking, yeah, he's definitely in the team. I, I, that's why I can't get him around. Is he is he left footed? Is that the only thing? <laughs> is he either footed? Does he have a foot? I'm not sure. He's left headed, I think. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I don't care. I'm not looking it up. I don't care. Yeah, spell uh, it wrong. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's <laughs> coming to a coming to a loan spell loan spell with FC Bruges. <laughs> yeah. So so what your second division uh, European yeah. country will he wind up in? You know, like that's yeah. the real question. And he will somehow wind up playing Europa League football for whatever team he's there with, you know? Of course. Yeah. Like, and, and, and winning every header <laughs> that comes his way. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I hope, I hope the rest of your day goes well. Um, it's, you know, I think our second half, our second half performance, much better than Saints' second half performance, and hopefully we continue on. Uh, it and be, couldn't have been worse. It's it's true, it's true. But uh, but Chris, thank thank you so much. If people want to follow you on Twitter, uh, and they should, it's at crstig. Uh, they can find your writing at saintsworld.co.uk. Uh, is your old website still up, or is it completely gone? No, it's gone. It's <sighs> gone. The end of an era. Yeah. Had to stop. Yeah. Well, the, the hosting, even if you don't write, the hosting still costs money. You know, like that's, that's how it goes. Yeah. I've so. kept the, I've kept the web address actually for now. Okay. You never know. Yeah. You never know what might happen. One of these days. Uh, yeah. I, I'll be honest. I searched for it the other day and uh, I went to it. It said like, sorry. And I was like, I wanted to cry, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I have good memories from that website. So thank you for, for all of, all of the work you put in before, you know, writing about football on a blog was cool. No issue. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. And that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Chris Rand. He was at CR Stig on Twitter. He used to be at georgewarescousin.com, but now you can find his writing at saintsworld.co.uk. And this is 
potentially the worst day to have to come on or worst match to have to come on and, and talk about um, in all 146 episodes of this show. And uh, special thanks to Chris for being willing to do it, especially given that the recording kind of failed the first time and he had to come back second half, change some things up, come after it again. So uh, hopefully I got a little sniffles out of my part of it, because as you can tell, still a little bit under the weather. It's just hanging on, which is embarrassing. Um, and it sucks. Almost as bad as a nine little feet at home. If you want to get in touch with the partners of the show, you can do that. They are at Southampton Page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. There are links in the show notes so you can get in touch with them. The logo for the show is done by Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Uh, He does good edits. I do not. Uh, All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Special thanks to everybody who sent in questions for the show. Uh, really do appreciate it. Sorry we didn't get to them all. Uh, some of them that we got to were patrons of the show who have joined at patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. And there they get access to a private chat. Uh, they also get priority for having their questions answered on the show. And some of them will be getting a special podcast episode later this week. If that sounds good to you, head on over there take care of that once again there's a link in the show notes and if you're just enjoying the show and you've been around for a while uh kindly consider leaving a review on itunes or wherever you listen it really does help spread the show to new people anyway we can only hope for better things in the near future we'll be back next week after the city match uh to talk about both city matches and hopefully our progression in the carabao cup but at this point it's really hard to make positive statements uh with any sort of belief so uh anyway We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you will be back then. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you listen to now, I assume that you are and do. Anyway, until next time, remember that together we march on. didn't leave it didn't work we are